What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Extra Point Podcast, presented by Bleacher Fan Sports. It is me and Sully on the mic today. Uh, Tommy Buns is taking a little hiatus again this week. Uh, so Jones and Sully are going to be talking some NBA, some NFL, and uh, some some best bets for this weekend. Uh, so let's hop right into it. Uh, back with the NBA this week and some exciting stuff last night. Carl uh, Anthony Towns and, and Joel Embiid getting into it. We got a little 90s NBA action with, with some actual fights going on. Weren't, weren't any real punches thrown or anything, but we had some headlocks and some WWE moves and Ben Simmons coming at a dude from behind, you know, standard NBA stuff. Um, but what a, the, the, the real, to, the real uh, you know, modern day version of that was the, the Instagram and Twitter war afterwards. Cat and Cat and Embiid going at each other uh, in the in the DMs in the in the comments and on Instagram, straight up calling each other out. How do we feel about that? Who do you think won the I, fight? I didn't, I didn't see that honestly. I didn't. I I, I heard what uh, Kat, Embiid had a very witty line. What was it? He said he's normally. He or said he's normally some, with lions. Yeah, and, something and, like I was raised with lions or I was raised around lions. Um, so. So I'm not worried about a cat or something. I don't know yeah, if that was a, a play on like his heritage or if... no. I think it was a play on his name, Cat. No, I mean Embiid. Like, uh, but yeah, I, Embiid. I, his nickname. I know, Cat. Yeah, I know, but I didn't know if that was like a double entendre. Oh, you know, like, oh, the, like lions. Yeah, like I don't, you know, like Manute Bull when they found him, he the motherfucker was literally hunting lions with spears. So, you know, I know Embiid's no Manute Bull. You know, they bring him out of a village in Africa, but. Um, I didn't know if there was anything behind that, uh, more than just comparing a lion to a cat, but yeah, I mean, they, yeah. they went at each other and, um, it's interesting cause cat and Simmons are known friends. Uh, they, they have a, it's known that they have a good relationship. So yeah. I always find that interesting on how the dynamic on how, how teammates deal with fights between friends who aren't teammates. I mean, I guess everyone deals with that in life, you know? A, someone you're close with or someone you're you know from another circle gets gets in a dispute or an argument with or doesn't like someone that you you're friends with on a separate level um but yeah that was a, that was an interesting fight I, I mean you gotta i don't even know who won the fight technically i mean cat held is no a cat is known as a soft player Embiid's known as a very big bruising player and cat held his own yeah to me it just seemed like they were inner uh, interchanging headlocks yeah, yeah, it, it was like it, like it kind of went on for. I mean, it obviously went on for a decent amount of time. I, I, you know, it comes out they both got suspended two games today, so I think that's what they were trying to avoid without the punches. They didn't want a lengthy suspension for their team, so that's why they were just kind of pushing each other. But um, yeah, I mean, they're gonna serve that two game suspension for that, and you know that there was a big brawl, whatever you want to call it, mosh pit, a pile of people couldn't really even see what was going on, but. Yeah, you like you like to see it. I mean, the Sixers because of Embiid, they're not going to have uh, they're going to have a lot of rivalries and a lot of enemies. Whether it's it's like the Celtics or here, um, you know, Embiid he, he likes to talk smack and he likes to be demonstrative in his demeanor. So yeah, and it's no secret that Simmons doesn't necessarily rub people the right way, uh, both on and off the court. Yeah, yeah, I've I've heard that uh, from my source, and, and and just even just the way he looks, honestly, he's just got a smirk about him. And, uh, you know, he's been in the limelight, whether it's from Kendall, you know, people, you know, I feel like people are gunning at him. Like people don't really, people aren't really too crazy about him. So, um, you know, they're definitely going to be a very polarizing team as they, as they get, they got some new parts. They got Richardson from the heat, um, obviously Reddick gone, but you know, they still got Tobias. Who's a very well liked player, but I don't know. What do you think of uh, Embiid's constant jarring with people? Do you like it? Do you think he needs to grow up a little bit? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, to me, it's like it's something that you. I thought KG did it the right way, whereas it, to me, it's something that you like kind of grow into rather than like 
come out hard and and learn and refine from there. Like uh, KG, there was no. I, I don't know if there's anyone in the NBA in NBA history that talked more or better trash than Kevin Garnett. He knew how to get under someone's skin more than anyone we know of on record. You know, we sure we have stories of you know, I'm sure guys back in the day, maybe you know, stories of Bill Russell or Wilt Chamberlain, uh, you know, Kareem saying stuff on the court, but like Garnett's pretty documented because um, he kind of yeah. he played the last you know four or five years of his career in the in the the social media era, if you will. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me. Embiid kind of comes out to, and I do think he's doing a good job of kind of refining it and and picking his spots now. Um, overall, I don't hate it. I mean, I think the NBA needs more of it. I think that listen, at this stage in its its life and um, the way the NBA works now, it's it's a year round twenty four seven reality TV show. That's whether yeah. the NBA wants to play it that way or not. And that's truly how they're marketing it, whether they know it or not, because they market their players first. The NFL markets their franchises first. The NBA markets their players first. Doesn't matter where the where the you know the players go. They're they're going to be number one in the NBA's eyes. So I think it's interesting for Embiid to kind of be like that. And I do think he's doing a good job of refining and and kind of calming down his his uh, antics. But you know, to me, it's a it's a case by case basis with Embiid. Um, I think, yeah, I think yeah, definitely. he's been childish sometimes. He's yeah, had some totally agree. Um, yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not to me, cat. He has that reputation. Um, I didn't see anything that kind what of reputation, you know, the, the soft, the kind of, you know, yeah. But the thing is, I, and the thing is I, I watched a lot of him last year. I, he, he really, he really doesn't play very soft. Um, I, I I really don't think he does anymore. He do, he kind of he's very soft spoken. Like he kind of talks weird. So I think like, but like I saw him throw down a lot last year. Um, get a lot of big boy rebounds. But you know he falls in love with his outside child a little bit too much, as does Embiid. But I, you know I think Cat's coming out of his soft um, brand. And I think you know he's had a really good year. He's you know he, he flourished a lot more without Jimmy. Started taking over the team, so liking what I'm seeing from Cat. It's good to see that type of fire in him. Yeah, I mean that's kind of like the first step on the road to recovery of of your you know your reputation. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with you know that that he certainly di- he certainly did not have a rough upbringing. Carl uh, Anthony Towns. He grew up in a in a at very least a middle class lifestyle in in a nice yeah. neighborhood in New Jersey. Um, close to New York. Plus, there was those videos of him kind of being, you know, the dorky reporter kid at, at Knicks games when he was in high school. And, like, that's cool. But, like, you know, to the average person, there's a certain way that comes off. I didn't view him any different because of that. But, like, it's He's just... not Hood. Yeah, exactly. He's not Hood. Like, he, he, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy... He doesn't have the story. Up, I don't know. Like, Jimmy grew up, like, straight up, like, out of the ghetto. Like Jimmy Butler was home- fucking homeless. Like, like yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know the entire story word for word, but homeless, whatever, like doesn't know his father, all that type of shit. Like, like Jimmy's straight. Jimmy knows. Like, straight I don't know. I mean, raw. He's just raw. Like he he knows who Michael Jordan is. He knows his yeah. dad. He knows his dad. <laughs> he knows so um, he does. But no, yeah. I mean, it's totally agree. It's just like a level that that towns can't relate to and most of us no, can't. And, it, and it's not surprising it didn't work out but. yeah but that's why jimmy is who he is and that's why he's so yeah. hard to play with but a guy like jimmy is like to me it's he's hard to play with and he's hard to find the guys that to play with him but when you do it, it's tough to top and it seems like with miami it seems like this is a group of guys that really is playing hard um, yeah it seems like he's taking Tyler Hero under his wing. I was just going to say, I love the attitude of Hero next to next to Butler. I love Butler molding Hero. Tyler Hero, just the more I see and watch him, Devin Booker. That's what comes to mind. Devin Booker. The, you know, his, his, his ball skills, which were underrated at Kentucky, both labeled as shooters, the same draft pick. He's got, you know, he's got his, obviously, his, his shot. Um, you know, he, he will compete. You know, he competes defensively. He's not very good yet. He, he comes off screens like Booker. Um I just see a lot of a lot of Devin Booker in his game, and and you know obviously that's an amazing thing, and 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 he's he's got some he's got some some like 
some hood in his game. Like him and Jimmy, they're both like cut from the same type of cloth. Like he's and it's crazy because he's from, game, but he's like he's, he's from bumfuck like, you know, little uh, white boy. He's like he's he's, he's got, from he's got, bumfuck Wisconsin. Oh, okay. He committed to Wisconsin like early on, like uh, I want to say sophomore or freshman year, and just because he was like you know he wasn't like a top ten freshman in the country, um, and then he got like real good, and he was like, oh, I can go play for John John Calipari at Kentucky now. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go do that. Sorry, Wisconsin. So like he got yeah. a bunch of shit from Wisconsin when they played, but like kid could hoop. Um, I, yeah. I was a big fan of Hero coming out. I thought he was going to be, like, at very least, he was going to be a scorer. Um, and I think at that this point, that's undeniable. Um, oh, yeah. Like, he, he's going to be a bona fide scorer. He's going to be, you know, you he's going to be instant offense at minimum. And, and just to piggyback off, in regards to the team, as a Heat fan, I mean, I think a big reason this works is because of no Hassan Whiteside. Because Hassan Whiteside... We know he doesn't play hard. I, I, I mean, I know firsthand that that dude doesn't have a motor. Like it, it, he turns it on and off. That's not working with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler wants the young guy like Bam Abadio, trying to establish a name for himself, trying to earn you know that rookie deal, trying to get his next contract. Like Bam is playing thirsty, hungry. Like he's getting boards, he's blocking shots, he's putting backs. Kendrick Nunn, this this undrafted rookie, just playing with a chip on his shoulder, like. Lots of guys are just playing with heart. Like, that's what he said. He's like, we're playing hard. Like, how often do you hear Jimmy Butler say, like, we're playing, like, on a team, like, we're playing hard and we're competing. Like, that's what you need defensively. Like, that, that's what you need is, like, is like uh, if, a lot of times defense is, is effort. Like, it's a long it's a long series, season, and, like, guys like LeBron don't play the defense because they don't give the effort anymore. Yeah, I mean, I would uh, – you could make the argument defense is more than 50% effort. Yeah, you could. You could for sure. And, you know, like we have this guy Silva playing. Like he's just, he's like another, I'm pretty sure he's undrafted. He's, you know, he's just another effort player. Like, so, I mean, I'm loving what I see from the Heat. And I think Jimmy's just contagious and Hero's just, you know, just piggybacking off that. So, I and really, you know, taking him under his wing. So, I love it. You know, there are a lot of exciting stuff in the NBA so far. Agreed. I mean, we, and we got we got Curry going down. Um, Curry going down. Ooh. They they uh, they bad. They're both, people they're, are spinning it. People are spinning it like it's a really good thing for the Warriors, and I think they should relax. I mean, yes, there are benefits to it. Um, you know, you're not probably going to rush Clay Thompson down. They could be one of the West worst teams in the West and get a good draft pick. But at the same token, we don't know that with how this draft lottery is. They could have the second. I mean, they're not going to have a top three or four, bottom four or five record, but. In the West, they will be probably, but you know you don't know with those those lottery balls. Even if you you know, so who knows what type of player they'll get if they're not making the playoffs? And I gotta assume they won't. But you know they were down. Let's face it, they were down. What was it? Thirty points to the Suns without DeAndre Eaton. Like, let that sink in. Like, that's like, come on. That that that's yeah. That's very bad. worrisome. It's really bad. It's, it's, I mean, I, I know they're going to get Clay back next year. I'm sure Clay will come back hungrier and even better. But so the, it's the, just people the, forget. It's people forget they had the most spaces, the Livingstons, the Iguodala's, these seasoned veterans off the bench, like defending and making these mid range shots. They don't have these guys anymore. They have, you know, they have the, you know, Amari Spellman, Eric Pascals, my Nova boys I love, but it's just a downgrade. Oh, I, I mean, I agree. And that's, that was, I think, the part that really like obviously the four all stars is great and like Durant and Curry's great, but like I think the the how deep and how experienced their bench was was overlooked as the hump that got them or the 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 thing that got them over the hump in the playoffs. Yes, it, it certainly was because people are like, oh, they're back to the same team now. They got the same three guys. They got the same these guys. They're just missing like a Godala. Like no, that's not that's not it. Iguodala, they uh, Livingston, Bogut in those days. Yeah, Bogan, even Bogan McGee was a rim protector. Festus Azili had his moments. Yeah, Festus Azili, um, people forget it. McGee for uh, uh, one of those years. McGee, I mean, yeah, they always had. I mean, even Pachulia. I wasn't a Pachulia fan. I mean, Pachulia did his, you know, did no, but know, he did dirty work, setting, setting screens and he whatnot. He did dirty work. He did the literally the dirty work. They so. had Barbosa too. Yeah, that's very. And uh, they had Barbosa. David West one year. And they did have David West. Didn't they have? So uh, so many seasoned yeah. veterans who can def- either defend or provide offense. 
or or do a little of both like Livingston. Livingston always was an underrated defender and money mid-range post player. So, I mean, it's, you know, they could be, I mean, they could be good again. They could make a deep playoff run at some point. But right now, um, things aren't looking good. Uh, so, I mean, what's Curry going to be out? Uh, let, um, a broken hand, non-shooting hand, but broken hand. So what do you, what's the, four to six weeks? Is that like a normal time? I, no, I, I heard months. I heard months. Months. We're talking months. Well, so the eight so weeks. I, I mean, I, mean I, I would probably, if I had to guess, I'd probably say two months realistically. Let's call it two months. 60, yeah. day, 60 days. Let's say they have 25 games in 60 days. That fair assessment? Yeah, probably. What are they going to go? I mean, no more 10 injuries. 15, 10 no. and 15 might be good for them. Yeah. I don't think they'll be 10 and 15. I haven't looked at their schedule, but I mean, they could be, they could, I mean, they could have like eight or nine. They could have like seven or eight wins. I mean, yeah. how, I mean, how are they going to score enough it's points? Scary. How are they, it's scary. How are they scoring points? D'Angelo Russell and Draymond Green? Yeah, I don't and, know. And, I mean, and, and, and they're not defending either. They're not defending and they're not scoring Like, you lose your offense, and now defensively, Russell's not a defensive player. Yes, the young guys will play; they'll get good experience. I'm sure that some of them will get a lot better. Um, their 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 fucking their schedule's tough right off the bat. So it is tough. listen to this: this next stretch of games. Tomorrow, starting tomorrow, they have San Antonio, Charlotte. Bear with me: Portland, Houston, Minnesota, Oklahoma City, Utah. L.A. Boston. What is that? Eight games. They could. They could. They if they went two and six there, that would be good. Nine games. And Nine then, games. Yes. If and then it's it's it doesn't get much better. Then it's New Orleans, Memphis, Dallas, Utah, OKC again. That's the thing about the West this year. I mean, every year, but I mean this year. I mean the up and coming teams, the Dallas, the Pelicans. They have these young, you know, up and coming teams that are not easy outs like. Even the Suns, like I, I, I told you, I, I think the Suns are going to be competitive this year, and I, I really think they will be. Uh, I mean, who knows without Aiton? But I mean, they're they they beat the Clippers. At, you know, they beat the Clippers that you know a few days like last Saturday, I believe. So I, I mean, they got Ubre, they got, you know, they got some young guys. I mean, Aiton's out. They got looking Bates. like a value, man. Uber, they they yeah, bought like low Ubre. on Ubre. I like he's, Ubre. He's he can put good. on some muscle. And then Aaron Baines is a huge pickup, one of the best screen setters in the NBA. So little thing, and he helps their defense. Uh, Sarge too. Sarich, yeah. So I mean, you know, they, you know, they, uh, Aiton's a big loss for them, but and obviously Booker is with, you know. So it's always the, the issue with them has always been like defense and stuff like that, and you know, you know, they as younger players don't normally good at that, so good with that. So as they get older, as they mature, you know, they're I think they're going to be competitive. So there really aren't easy games in the West. It looks like the Warriors now. When you see the Warriors, that's looking like an easy game. Yeah, it's crazy. That's a game where you're like, we need to get this game. It's crazy. Like, I don't know how many other teams, like, it's like when in the West, it's like you look at that team, like, we need this win. Like, maybe the Timberwolves, and the Timberwolves still have obviously talent. Like, they got a ton of talent still. So, it's just so crazy. Of course, the Knicks Knicks get the Warriors uh, at home just in time for Steph and Clay to come back end of March. I don't think Clay will be back in March. Really? I mean, what? Uh, I mean, uh, I see. If if, ten months? It's ten months. It's not insane. It's not insane. Adrian Peterson. I do think he's, he's coming back. Nature, if but. they are, if they're going to be as bad as we think they are, I think they're going to say, Clay, you sit the year out. At best, I mean, I don't imagine them making the playoffs. And at best, if they made an eight seed, they're going to play the Clippers and probably losing five games. Um, so I, I don't. Any I, other I year. I think that, but they, listen, this year, the Warriors are moved into a new arena. They got a lot of money on the line. They got a lot of new season ticket holders and fans over the last four or five years. They they need to pinch every dollar they can out of this year. I'm not saying they, they're hurting. They I'm not either. saying whatever, but like the Warriors do not need to like be sitting, coming out of the All-Star break, like having fans rooting for a top five pick like that can't be the focus for them like they need to i'm not saying they should but what if they're like seven and 20 what if they're like seven and 25 like i'm sorry clay's not coming back like he's not he's just not like he he's not like it, it would to me and, i think like finishing with like 
35 wins and a, and the 10th or 11th pick is better to them than finishing with the fir- than like getting the number 1 overall pick. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, I guess it's how you look at it. Because to me, it's like they're going to have money too, like coming up. Like, uh, first of all, I assume, I I presume they trade Russell at the at the deadline. I think they trade Russell for a first round pick from a good or middle of the road good team and and a very solid role player, experienced solid role player. Yeah, I mean, I, I I mean, I wouldn't that wouldn't be a bad move at all. I mean, I think it's something they got to play by year, but I mean, there is a chance, there is a world that I think that you know this team can't even make the playoffs. Like this team without Clay, I don't, I don't think it's a playoff team. I, I just, I don't, I don't. I think, I don't think Russell, Curry, Green, and then their guys. I don't think it's a playoff team. I mean, a very small sample size, sample size that you know, and it didn't look like they would be. They'd probably be improved, but I just, I just don't. I think it, it, it's too. St- the West is too stacked. I mean, you could be looking at the Houston as an eight seed or something, or the Spurs as an eight seed. I just, I just don't see it as a playoff team. I see it as a fringe playoff team. So with Curry missing twenty five plus games, I think they're. I I don't know if they could make it if they wanted to. That's another yeah, thing. I don't. I mean, well, listen so. in in the West playoffs or what? The playoffs are forty seven, forty eight wins. Easy, yeah. This year, easy, always. But so, so, and you know, I'm like you're saying, if they try and they bring Clay back, it could be 35 wins. But is it worth it risking Clay's health if he's not fully there? Or if he, you know, it, you know, I mean, if you do bring Clay back, I mean, you got to be careful. You can't have him playing back to backs and stuff like that. So yeah, I think they'll be that smart. I'm just saying, any other year, I'm I'm totally with you. And I'm not saying I'm if I'm them, I don't I don't play for the pick in that situation. But I'm just saying. I think it. I think they could err on the side of that because of this year and what this year means. You know, they don't want to go from how do you like? How do you think that's going to make them? How's that for their brand moving forward? Or, or uh, you know, how's I, that going to make but them they, feel? They've, they've had their nice run and they know there are better days ahead. I, I know it's the first year in this you know new new building, but. I mean, if they need to be, if they're going to be terrible for you and just have bad luck with a ton of injuries, it happens. Um, That's fair. Perception-wise, the fans are going to have to, you know, get tough. Like whatever, you were terrible for so long. Like you can take a shitty season if you want to leave the bandwagon. Because a lot of people are bandwagon Warriors fans. Fucking leave the bandwagon. But they're going to be back. Actually, in yeah, they kind of do deserve that. Now that I think about it, they they deserve to you lose know, some like, bandwagon. Like these fans. bandwagon fans, they can deal with a shitty season. Like screw I'm that. also like, like that. I also like that in the sense that we're going to find out who the Warriors fans are. We'll, yeah, we'll find out. It's like when LeBron left Miami. We'll find out. Yeah, like I've been around. I've been around. <laughs> I've been around since '03. I'm still here. Like yeah. I mean, like it, it's it, not, it, it, you know had had some great years. Had some awful years. I got I got two I know two Heat fans. One of them's from there, and the other one is you, who was you know there from the early two thousands. So, I'm yeah, not, you know you got I got you know, nothing no hate from me, but it's it's a similar situation. You know we'll see. Yeah, it is. We'll see. And I always get a, I get a kick out of it when people are like, "Oh, LeBron, you're a Heat fan, motherfucker." You know you can you can think what you want of me. I'm not gonna make it, but motherfucker, you think I you think if I was because of LeBron, you think I'd still be on his two teams ago. He's moved to Cleveland and he's moved to LA. If I was a LeBron Dick Rider, I would be on one of those teams by now. Like, yeah, uh, I the totally guys agree. D Wade, the guys D Wade. I don't care if people believe me or not. I'm sure sometimes they don't. If it's some person, acquaintance, whatever, friend of friend, I'm like, I don't care. Usually, like, I don't want you to believe me. I don't give a shit. But like, if I if I wanted to be a LeBron fan, it'd be a pretty shitty job of it. You know, being and, on the, he's on and, his second different team. And to me, like, oh, I'm always so like. Obviously, I love all my hometown teams, and I always think that's like should be the main the main thing that uh, you know brings someone to a sports team. But it, I'm totally fine with the the fan who starts following it, who doesn't have a team yet, and starts following a team because of a player. Yeah, totally yeah, fine yeah, with yeah. that. Where I have a problem is the guy who either follows the player or doesn't support the team or the, like you know let's say you're you're a Cavs fan when LeBron was there now you don't like LeBron and you don't follow the Cavs you know like I you know I'm not a basketball fan or you were a Heat fan so now you pick a new team yeah you were a Heat fan for 4 years and now you're like yeah I'm not I'm not a Heat fan or I don't follow basketball or I got a new team but I'm also not a LeBron fan I'm not a Laker fan now like yeah you're like LeBron's whack you're like I'm going to be 
you know, like I'm gonna be whatever a Sixers fan or a Bucks fan or exactly um, my, my a Clippers fan. I guess a Clipper. I guess the Clippers would be the real or the real fuck you like typical team that you'd pick. Clippers, are, yeah, yeah. To, yeah, to so. me, my point is, you can plant your flag whenever you want to. But once you plant that fucking flag, it's in there. It's in there like it's on the moon right now. It's not fucking yeah, moving. The, the only other team that I, I've I, I'm considering rooting for in some order of fashion and, and maybe being a secondary team or something is where Wade's son goes. And I'm not even sure. I mean, it'd, it'd be something like I'm very intrigued with the player, and I'd you know, it wouldn't be my team, but it, it'd definitely be a team that I'd I'd love to watch and stuff. And I, it'd be really cool to see him. But it's once again, it's because of. <laughs> Because of the original play. Yeah. Also, like, if you so, know if you know someone or you like have a family member, that's totally fine. Like, that's that's another story. You know, like, like I'm a I, I was a I've been a Nuggets fan the past few years because I know I happen to know a kid from my hometown who played there. Well, hopefully, we're gonna have him on the podcast soon, so I won't spoil his name. But you've heard me talk about him before. Um, yeah. So, but that's like you know, I, it was a cool secondary team to root for. It's in the other conference. I don't care. But like, you know. Nuggets yeah, Knicks play. I mean, you're not you're not getting up for the team. It's just yeah. you know yeah. they're a fun team to watch. You know someone like yeah. I'm checking like, the box scores. Like that's that's yeah. it. Yeah. My my one my uh, my one pet peeve is when um like you claim uh, in addition to yours is like if you claim like this is like my team or whatever um like 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 I did or whatever but you do that with every sport and they all happen to be great teams and like none of them none of them are from your hometown and it's like it's like uh. I'm a Laker fan. Uh, I'm a, uh, whatever. Let's say you're not from New York. I'm a Yankee fan. Um, I'm a UNC basketball fan. Uh, and I'm like a Patriots fan. Dude, like, no, uh, you can't do. That. I got a like, friend that's just like that. He's a he's a Chicago Bulls fan. He's I think we all have a fan. A, a, a like year that. older than me. Chicago Bulls fan. UNC basketball fan. Yankee fan. Uh, Dallas Cowboy fan. I don't yeah, know his hockey are, team, but those are, I mean, like, could you, you're talking about a top five most successful organization or school in every respective yeah, area. America's team. Yeah. It's just, it's, it, it's, yeah. I don't understand people, some people's fanship. And to me, when you do that, when you like, if I know that about you, it doesn't matter. Like if you're an encyclopedia of sports knowledge. I automatically think of you less and don't take your opinion seriously. I don't yeah, no, whether it, it, right or right or wrong. It, I instantly dismiss you like as like someone with knowledge. Like you to me, you can't like I don't you know. And I'm sure there's people that could totally prove me wrong on that. But to me, that's just like an instant reaction. It's like oh, well, I don't. I I mean, I really don't have anything else to say to you. You you know, you've been a Heat fan for four years and you don't have a team now. When oh it was year two thousand ten like and two thousand fourteen. Like you're not into basketball now. Like you you you're, yeah. you're into college basketball now. Yeah. Like okay. I don't. I'm not about that. Um, but I mean, that's a great segue talking about college because uh, this week NCAA um, in a surprise announcement, I guess, uh, decided it was going to switch courses and and uh, allow college athletes to be compensated. You know, the somewhat the Olympic model. Um, a lot of people are calling it a little shallow of a promise because they're still, they're kind of getting out in front of it so they can control the narrative so they can make the rules around it. Um, because they were, you know, they were staring down a bunch of legislation that would have really taken the power out of their hands. And that's at the end of the day, that's what, what any argument, um, in business or human nature is about. It's about power, um, power grasp of some kind. Um, so, uh, when that happened, you know, the world kind of was on its uh, on its heels for a second, figuring out if this was like a landmark decision. But our boy LeBron James um, hasn't had the best couple weeks or a month in in the media. Um, so, you know, LeBron James, the, the four-year college graduate, you know, uh, you know, nice diploma from some great university. Oh, wait, didn't go to school. Not knocking him, but these are the facts. Um, he, he is thrusted himself into the, this conversation over the last couple months, um, or year, I would say, you know, the whole college athlete should get paid and everything and totally right. He's, you know, his message is, is valid, but yeah, it's sound. It's, he, it's he, sound. You know, he's arguing for something. We're all, we all agree with him. Yeah. Totally agree with LeBron. 
where we have a problem or where I have a problem, and this is, you know, why I hate LeBron James volume 6,487,204, he tweeted out, it's a beautiful day for all college athletes going forward from this day on. Thank you guys for allowing me to bring light to it. I'm so proud of the team at Uninterrupted bringing focus on this and to everyone who has been fighting this fight. Not a victory, but a start. Now, LeBron, that sounds a lot to me like you took credit for some grand movement and rally and idea and, uh, and you know, way of life that you you dealt with and you, you started. He didn't do any of that. He's just... He's yeah. just a fibber. He's taken. He supported these, it. This but is I've, Taco Tuesday. I found another funny. Yeah, I mean, no, uh, no one here like supported slavery, but everyone's not walking around calling everyone Abraham Lincoln. Like, yeah, it, I found a, a funny little hypocrisy of it. Is you know, obviously, I'm not. LeBron didn't grow up. You know, the greatest. You know, he he wasn't privileged. Obviously, we know that. We know about his mom. Not much of it, you know. No dad, and and that and that way. Yeah, not. absolutely but, tough. You know, tough but, upbringing. Tough upbringing. You know, he made it out on top. All, all, you know, all you know, all give all the credit to him and you know his mom and whatnot. But here's the thing: LeBron didn't go to college, so like he got paid quickly. Like once he got out of high school, like he was paid. Like he wasn't a college. He wasn't someone in college. Like like not you know not being able to afford food and shit. Like, he wasn't a three- or four-year college player. Like, once he made it to the league, like, he made it. Like, uh, you know, so uh, he, he wasn't someone living in the shoes of a college, you know, uh, someone that's struggling. In, I mean, I know he did struggle, but but most pl- most people don't go straight to the NBA. They, they go to, you know, they go to college, and they struggle. So I, I just I just find it funny that he's the one, he's the, he's the poster boy, or, you know, he wants to be known as the poster boy, but, you know, he didn't go to college. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. It's just it's not that what he's supporting, and it's not what he's doing, and it's like such it. It's a double edged sword because it is a good thing that he's bringing light to the issue and using his platform for that. But like, it's the way he reacts to it and phrases things and like acts yeah. about it. It's like, dude, you didn't you didn't start this. Like, you didn't. You know, it's like him going to Colorado like as an NBA player the day weeds legalized and being like, yep. Been campaigning for this my whole life. I've been smoking blunt since I was fourteen. Y'all just didn't know. It doesn't make it. You can't show up at the finish line. And this isn't some new battle. He's like, you know, over the last year or two, like he's been he's been talking about this. Let's give. Let's say it was the day he started in the NBA. This argument predates his career by two decades. This isn't some new conversation. This is something that whether it's been on a national stage or. Or, you know, obviously we didn't have the sports program and we do, we do now 20, 30, 40 years ago. But if you think that conversation wasn't being had in the, in the 70s and 80s in, in dorm rooms and behind closed doors at the NCAA, like, you're crazy. As soon as they started giving away money, I guess maybe the 80s, as soon as they started giving away money for sponsorships to, like, pro athletes and shoe deals and all that, that's when it really began. But, like... This has been a conversation since day one. That's why the rules exist. The rules wouldn't exist if it wasn't an issue, you know? Yeah, I mean... So I just... Yeah, I mean, it's so just, far you know, the resolution's near. The resolution is, you know... The solution is, you know, within the horizon. And, you know, he thinks he has something to do with it. And he may have something to do with it on a, on a level, you know. him so His support is obviously a good thing for it, but, you know... You know, yeah, to the taking credit of it, uh, you know, and, you know, basically he thinks if it, I think the way he thinks of it is if he wasn't supporting it or a part of it, that we wouldn't be where we are. Like, it wouldn't be a thing. I totally agree. Um, yeah. yeah it's, it's just, yeah, it's just how he about it. Like, and this is like the type, it's a perfect microcosm of like an answer on why I hate LeBron. People always ask me like why I'm such a big LeBron hater. Um, and it, and I never like, no one ever seems to be like, suffi- or, or pleased with my answer because it's not really like, admittedly, it's like hard to really pinpoint and, and like explain in words the answer. But this is like a perfect example. 
it's like I don't really I'm not like hating his game. I'm not hating like what he's doing. It's just the way he goes about things. It's the it's the little like way he's ways he answers questions, the the faces he make, the way you know, I, I, I always talk about it, he never makes an uncalculated move. And and that's another thing that I dislike about him. It, it's just like every single thing means something. It's never just like being a normal dude. It's always like LeBron mode. It's always meaning something. It's like, always yeah, like Taco Tuesday. Like he's just trying to be normal, and it's like, oh no, he's trying to brand it. Like yeah. what? Yeah, and that's and this is like another thing. It's the same in that same line, and that's like this is a perfect example of like why I why I have an issue with him. Um, yeah, it, it's it, I think. I'm not the biggest Kevin Durant fan, but, like, as a person, like, I think Kevin Durant's completely different, and, like, he's a lot more real, and he's just he's just very honest and very raw and very blatant with a lot of things, and he's kind of very different in that regard. He, he doesn't really cover his back like LeBron. Like, he does and says things that give himself flack. Sometimes they're not great things, but he says them, and, like, you know, he doesn't really, like, look out for his own ass. Like, he's kind of just doing him, and he doesn't really have an ulterior motive like LeBron. Yeah, I agree. So, I think I think it's almost like the opposite with Durant. Like, he... Yeah, it, it, he like, he messes. just says and does anything, and he doesn't really think about the consequences. He just kind of, he just kind of like, yeah, I said that. Like, today, like, today, like, what? Like, like today, he, he comes out and admits, like, that Draymond Green influenced him leaving, like, and, you know, it's like, why would anyone say that? Why would you want to have bad beef with him or the Warriors or anyone? Or why would you want to stir anything? And he's just being honest. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So, I mean, you know, he's, you know, Durant's not perfect. He's made his mistakes. He's made some moves that I think are soft. But, you know, he owns it. You know, he, he, he you know, he says how he feels. He doesn't apologize for it. So, How do you view this uh, Brooklyn move in terms of his reputation? What is it? What do you think it did nationally, and what do you think it did for you? Uh, and do, is it I, is your opinion changed because of the situation of him being out for a year with the Achilles? Would it have been different if he had gone there healthy or gone somewhere else healthy? I think it it does benefit that he's injured right now because he. I think from the uh, you know from when he got hurt and he come. When he came back early and showed he really wanted it and he was giving his heart and soul, that's when I really gained my respect for him. And you realize he wasn't just leaving. He wanted. He cares about winning. He cared about the organization. He cared about putting his health on. He put his health on the line for his team. So he gave all he could for the Warriors. And after that, him not being able to play, we're going to see that the Nets aren't a great team. So we're going to see how good he really makes the Nets. They may be a 43-44 win team, maybe less. Who knows? Maybe below 500. Who knows? So it's not as stacked a team as people think. So we'll see that he's leaving for a situation that's pretty good, and he teamed up with someone, which you know some people roll their eyes, but it's not a juggernaut team like some people think. Like, oh, it's Kyrie. It's Lavert, it's Durant, it's DeAndre Jordan. You know, so I think those events really make me look at him in a lot more favorable way. Like after he got hurt, it's like you can do what you want. Like like you earned that. You you earned my respect. You earned I think most people's respect for that. Yeah. I, I kind of agree. You know, I was never I never hated on Durant um as much as a lot of people. I, I thought it was Yeah, you're you're a lot, you're definitely more pro Durant than pretty much everyone for the most yeah, part. Yeah, and even even after you know, even now, um, after the summer, I you know, I still because to me like him leaving him leaving uh OKC was it was about getting away from Russell Westbrook. Not necessarily the person, but like or the town but it was he realized he couldn't win a championship with Russell Westbrook. Like it's just not gonna happen. Like he's, we know this. We both know he's not that type of player. Um, and Durant, what what are his when he's decided he's gonna leave? What are his honest options? You know, he could go to Boston and then hope that it's a better situation than OKC. You gotta remember they didn't have Jason Tatum at the time. They didn't have Al Horford. Al Horford was the backup plan to KD. They didn't have Gordon Hayward. Like they were Isaiah Thomas. They were Marcus Smart. Uh, they had just drafted Jalen Brown. Uh, you know, Aaron Baines. I'm trying to remember who was on that, like, 15 Celtics team. But regardless, like, 
that's your when your choice is like that and like I think there was off the court stuff with it. Uh, you know, like him wanting to have his business in San Francisco. Um, I think there was truth to that. And I think like the more we learn about Durant, we understand that like that off the court stuff like really does matter to him. Um, it's like LeBron, you know, it took LeBron longer to kind of get to that area or that stage. But if you think LeBron went to LA, if you think basketball was the number one deciding factor in him going to LA, you're naive. It was, it was nice that the lake, it was the lake. It wasn't a good situation. It wasn't a very good situation when he went. Yeah, exactly. Now it's a lot better, but you know, and and it's like, like I watched the Serge Ibaka, like he ate the snake with Durant, like cooking for him. And you, you kind of learn a lot about him. Like it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't all about basketball. You know, it's, it's a little bit of everything. He wanted to be on a great team. Yeah. He wanted to get away from Russ without blatantly saying it. He wanted to. Yeah, it's funny in that interview they said who's a better player, Russ or Curry? He doesn't even hesitate. He goes Curry. <laughs> like you had to eat am, or drink man. something if you didn't answer the question. He said Curry. He goes Serge goes why why man? He goes he could shoot. <laughs> That's like, true. He's a better yeah yeah like yeah like Curry is like Curry's like Westbrook has some areas he's better like passing and and rebounding but he can't shoot so you know that's 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 the that match there yeah but um. Obviously, you want him to go to the Knicks. I think it would have been better for his legacy if he went for the Knicks. I think that would have been the perfect um, night and day different situation. If if you rebuild the Knicks, it's it's oh, like you're no, king at this if point. Win, if you win a championship, it, it would be different than Brooklyn. Um, you know, I think how bad the Nets are this year will possibly affect his legacy with the Nets if they do go on to win. But if he did win with the Knicks, it, it would be much sweeter. It would be. Higher risk, higher reward. Uh, I think you would have even more respect for people, but you know he didn't I still leave for. Think, a- I still think he would have come here alone if it was if he was healthy. But do you, so you think, think if, you, you think if he didn't get hurt, he was coming here? I think he was coming here with or without Kyrie if he was fully healthy. I think he would have really enjoyed coming with Kyrie, but. He would have let Kyrie go to Brooklyn and be the man, like, and do that, and they would have just hung out on weekends and shit because they live next door to each other. Um, I, I don't, I don't know, and the only reason to say I don't know is because I, I think he does, I think he does like the Nets culture better than the Knicks. I think he likes that they've, you know, made the playoffs. I think he likes that they're. I think he might like the coach better. Um, I think he likes their young pieces better, and that's that's what he said in the interview. Pretty much, he likes the young pieces in the culture. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, it's, you know, more, a little more to work with, with the Nets, but I, so I think, I don't know if he would have, maybe could have, but I, I, don't I, think, I he, think what you're saying is totally likely. I'm just saying, I think there's a possibility that changed there's a greater chance when, when he, when he in, was injured, when he got injured, he got I think injured. that stuff became stuff. more important to him than it was before the injury. Cause I think, I think like LeBron, this is a brand move for him. You know, his he didn't put his office in Brooklyn. He put it in Manhattan. You know, there was he didn't buy an apartment in Brooklyn. He bought an apartment in Manhattan, on the West Side. You know, like it, yeah. uh, it's he he didn't he he didn't he bought a house in Westchester too. It's a lot easier to get to the West Side of Manhattan from Westchester than Brooklyn. Um, but I I I'm just saying like I I just think it's interesting to I I think the Durant that's a moment. That we'll remember it, that that'll be like a defining turning point moment, like ten, fifteen years from now, that we like look back on and are like, "Wow, this like really altered the NBA at this point." Like this was a you know, it'll be like when the Celtics traded for Garnett and Ray Allen, and we didn't know at the time. We we're like, "Damn, that's a lot. That's fucking three All Stars on the same team. We've never seen that before." You know, or like to yeah. that that level. And I think this this could be a similar moment as Durant getting hurt. Yeah, definitely, definitely could be. I mean, the league is, people say it's a lot more even right now. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of teams that could win the title. There's a lot of spread, you know, a lot more spread out talent, a lot of twos, a lot of pairs of twos, really, not as much threes, I feel like. Trios, it's a lot of, like, Kawhi and PG or now Kyrie and Durant, you know, Lillard and McCollum were already there. But now you got... uh, um, Mitchell and Conley. It's a lot, of, a lot of twos, a lot of duos now. So, um, 
it's definitely interesting. Well, so I don't even know where this is going to take us, but I mean, I, I think similar like Colin, it could, it could be if there's a dynasty, it'll be with the Clippers, but I'm not so sure about it. I don't know. Yeah, that's, I mean, they better be a dynasty for the next six years. They don't got any goddamn draft picks. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that was, that was, that was a great NBA session, but, um, let's, let's go right into NFL and just give our, give our best bets for the week and, and, you know, close this episode out the right way, giving some winners. Yeah. Um, all right, we got to go over last week's, um, see what I did last week. Oh, uh, Packers minus four covered. Panthers, that was not a cover. So I went two and two. Bills minus two. Raiders over. <laughs> Panthers. Panthers was not that a cover. Everyone thought it was a lock. Yeah. I went I went two and two as well. Um, I went, where did I go? I went Seahawks. Did I go Seahawks? I, I, I'm not even so sure. I know I, I took the Dolphins plus 14. They covered by a point. Um I took the Panthers like you. I took the Cardinals. That was an L. So I didn't take the Seahawks. They, they, the Cardinals got killed. Um, and then my, I love my unders. I'm very good with my unders when I pick them. It's uh, Broncos, Colts. It wasn't even close. Nice. I, I'm trying to think the last time I missed on an under. Um, whenever I take an over, I feel I feel like I've taken five or six unders, and I think like pretty much all of them have hit. That's, I don't know. Uh, that's I'm like, can you remember the last time I didn't hit on an under? No. No. Like, like people love overs, and I love unders. Like, I have a game this week. I love it. I, I love the under. I don't know. All right. Um. All right. Well, hit me with your hit me with your best shots for this week. All right. All right. Um. So. You know, for my first spread, I like the Texans minus two at the Jaguars. Could be a bit of a trap, possibly. Um, Texans pulled one out last week. Uh, A little Watson magic against, you know, the very real Oakland Raiders. We have to start respecting them. I mean, they played them really well. Um, But, you know, I just think he'll have some sort of magic and, and beat the Jaguars who are coming off, you know, beating a really, really bad Jets team. They, they picked them off a few times. Not impressed. Minshew is impressive, but nothing else. I'll take the Texans there. Um, second one, where are you, is I'll take I'll take the Browns minus three and a half, um, actually, on the road. Uh, Broncos have Flacco's out. Um, I think this is where Cleveland's going to start picking it together. Um, you know, it, you know they, they have a lot of adversity. Baker saying stupid shit, but I, I don't know. I mean, the Broncos' defense is, it, it, it's not what it was. Maybe they'll get to him, but I can't see the Broncos scoring hardly any points against the, against the Browns. I think OBJ is going to have a good game. Um, I think they'll, he'll have six catches, 100 yards, a score or something. So uh, a little bit of a questionable pick maybe, but, but I do like it. Um, and my third pick... Is actually, I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens plus four against the Patriots at home. Um, Lamar, he, he may not be great, but I think they're going to control the clock enough. I think between uh, Lamar Lamar and Ingram, I think I think they can run the ball a decent amount. I'm not that high on the Ravens, but um, the Pats are going to lose a game eventually. This is a game where they can possibly lose in Baltimore. Baltimore always plays them tough within a score at home, getting four points. You know, only way they lose is, you know, if it's a one-score game is by a touchdown. So, and that Baltimore defense, they got Marcus Peters, really improves that defense. So, I'm going to take the Ravens plus four. A little bit of a risky pick, but I'm going to take it. And then my over-under, which I really like, is the Titans and the Panthers. I like under 42. Two really good defensive teams. Panthers, I know, didn't show it last week, but they're a good defensive team. And the Titans, that's what keeps them in games is their defense. Um, Ryan channel has been better, but it's, it's not, you know, Henry's decent, but those are my, those are my picks. I got, uh, over under and Panthers Titans, uh, my plus four Ravens at home, minus three and a half Cleveland and, uh, and Texans minus two. All You there? 
Sorry about that. Um, so I, you did? I, yeah, it was. I I, uh, I actually kind of like a lot of games this week. Um, I had, for the first time in a couple weeks, had a tough time like really narrowing it down. Um, but I'll, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start it off with Seattle minus six. Um, me and you. I love that. Yeah, me and you have both been high on Seattle. Um, in Seattle, I think that they're just gonna cause a lot of turnovers with the turnover machine himself on the other side, Jameis Winston. Um, so yeah, give me the give me the, the Seahawks minus six there. I also am gonna go with the Browns. I uh, really like them for those those same reasons you do. Broncos are starting a. Um, you know, ninth string quarterback. So yeah. the, like the Browns the, are bad, but let's let's remember the teams they've been playing. They've had a really unforgiving schedule, minus the Jets. Yeah, and and they know you're crazy if you don't think they had this circled on their calendar. They know this is the week where shit, shit gets real easy. Um, yeah, it wouldn't be minus, supr- wouldn't be surprising to see them win six seven games over the next eight. Yeah. Um. So let's so Brown Seattle minus six Browns minus three and a half. I'm also going again with my Packers minus four this week. They barely covered against the Chiefs, but I flat out think the Chiefs with Matt Moore are better than the Chargers are right now with Phillip Rivers. I have no faith in the Chargers. Um, So home or not, I think Phillip Rivers, it's understated how bad he's been this year. And Rodgers is really starting to heat up. And that Green Bay defense ain't terrible. So, I know it's it, it's a potential trap game, but I'll take Aaron Rodgers covering the four on the road if he can do it at Arrowhead. And my last over is, I'm going to go Giants-Cowboys over 48. Expecting some more offense out of the Giants this, this time around with, you know, Daniel Jones back under center and at home on Monday Night Football. Uh, and, you know, I expect the Giants defense to get lit up, but, like, you know, I'm I'm betting the over, not the spread. So I'll take a you know thirty twenty one game or you know thirty four seventeen or whatever, you know, something like that. Fine with me. Um, so yeah, Giants Cowboys over forty eight, Packers minus four, Browns minus three and a half, Seattle minus six. And that is As that. As we speak, Kittle just got hurt, and I'm playing. I, I'm playing. I have him against you this week. He looks oh, hurt pretty bad. Oh damn. I hate to see it. Shit. Oh, I was well, really he's hoping. walking, but he's limping. I was really hoping he had like 25 tonight. Yeah, but what can you do? All right. All right, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to be it for us this week. Enjoy our bets. Hopefully they are winners this week. What about baseball? We're, we're, we're pushing baseball. Baseball, we got nine months before the next baseball game. <laughs> NBA is, is coming on strong the nfl is in the heart of the season um so that's the episode for this week but we will be back with more and you'll hear a bunch of everything baseball hockey we have to talk about a little hockey we haven't talked hockey in a while uh but yeah have a good week